Hey, that's right. This is the Kingdom Project Podcast. I'm your host, Marcus Hall, and this is another drive-through Bible study. And today we're going to be looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and the um, the sum of everything that Paul is talking about to the Corinthians, which is love. If you have your Bibles, grab it. I would suggest uh, ESV or New American Standard Version. And let's get into this. So the way of love. Paul, writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And he starts, If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith, so as to remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. So now faith, hope, and love abide, these three, but the greatest of these is love. All right, there you go. So it's a short chapter, uh, only 13 verses. So let me try to just make the point here, simple, okay, but... You have to understand how Paul is writing. He is using an all-or-nothing rhetoric throughout the the section, um, text one through eight. All right. He he uh, he does not say that we have access to God by our love without Christ as the atoning atoning sacrifice that we receive the promised forgiveness of sins by our love. Now, Paul says nothing about that or anything like like that at all. He does not think that love justifies because we are justified only when we receive Christ as the atoning sacrifice and believe that that for Christ's sake that God is reconciled to us. Okay, so um, this is a rhetoric. He is he's being 
overly dramatic in things when he says uh like tongues of an- of men and angels right when he says um understand all mysteries and knowledge he he doesn't actually know have all this information he doesn't do all of these things he's just making these very strong points to say that love is the actual essence of everything because he's talking to a church all right this church corinth um that is completely out of order and they're trying to outdo one another they're trying to mark their spiritualness all right they have this this measuring stick of who is more spiritual and he's saying there is no there is no measuring stick on how uh, one is spiritual all right it does not matter even if all these things i have all these things and walk in these things if there's no love it doesn't matter it should be love all right so um the uh the first thing to actually point out is the tongues of men and of angels and some people will say that right here that shows the gift of tongues as our heavenly language and it's probably an angelic language but i would argue that it's not um he's he's just like i said making uh overemphasizing statements here um and the hebrew hebrew was the language of temple prayers and rabbis actually came to regard it and called it the language of angels so um that's probably what he's really referring to there if he's referring to anything at all he's not actually talking about talking as a human and talking as an actual angel because the angels always spoke to people in the bible in the language that they understood and that they knew all right so and then when he's talking about the 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 noisy gongs and cymbals there were two uh there was these people who um worshiped they were they were members or devotees of Di- <laughs> here we go with the words Dion- Dionysus and Sibeli and they used uh, symbols and they clashed them during fren- frenzied worship and it was annoying and it was distracting and he's saying um, and well the Corinthians and they actually had brass work so they likely had made these symbols or acquired them as well and used these and he's saying um you're noisy and annoying stop and then he mentions prophetic powers um and all mysteries and knowledge and faith but he's saying without love these things revelatory things and and service bring neither good nor honor at all uh when he says also deliver up my body to be burned um it's a reference to um shadrach meshach and abednego as they did but then he's also saying that love cannot be measured by actions alone because it's the motives that must be assessed 
to determine what is loving. Okay, so um, if you want to check that out further, check out 1 Corinthians 4, 4 and 5. So he... Um, then, then he mentions if I give away all I have, it's like breaking away bits of bread until the entire loaf is is gone and and, and burned. Uh, the burning part, um, it's a. Let me find that there. Uh, deliver up my body to be burned. I mentioned that, but also. Um, it's giving the body up for boasting, okay, rather than burning, all right? Um, a willing martyrdom is meant. So he gains nothing without love because goodness and honor are never gained. We are to keep the law when we have been justified by faith and so uh, so grow in fulfilling this law of love more and more, okay? So... Um, then, then he goes into this negative and positive statements, and there's 15 assertions that describe the nature of love in Christ. There's two positive statements and eight negative ones, all right? The last one adds a positive contrast, and then four positive statements, all right? So the first assertions are most important, the patient and kind, because those... Um, are part of God's attributes, and they they are further defined by uh, the assertions that that follow. Uh, so uh, you will notice that it says love is patient and kind, and then he goes into all the negative things. All right, so but the love bears all things. All right, and then, and then hopes the believes and hopes. Um, they're sandwiched in between bears and endures and refer, I think, refer to relationships between people rather than actually to the faith and hope in God because love believes the best of others and hopes the best for them. And he says it never ends or it never fails. And Paul introduces another contrast to show love's superiority. Okay. And then we have this, uh, the pass away, like the gifts, or even call like um, places or offices, offices, um, you know, prophet, apostle, things like that. That these things, um, uh, they were craved by the Corinthians, <laughs> and uh, they are. They will be around. They present certain. They're present. They're um. But the Corinthians are bound um to those things because they are craving them. But we we we're bound to them as well. But they will not last forever. All right. We will not need. We will not need them in eternity. All right. So, um. Then. Then he mentions the, um, and see, in nine, for we know in part, prophesy in part, all that in part is, uh, God has not revealed everything that we could know or that could be revealed even through ongoing prophecy. 
life for life now, God insists that we live by faith. And in that faith, we bear love. Um, then he mentions the perfect, all right? Um, well, actually, let me make a, a comment, though, on the mirror dimly, because ancient mirrors were made from polished metal, um, a, a lot of times of bronze. So one's reflection was even more dim than what we would have in our mirrors today. And then then he mentions the face to face that would that's that's Christ that's coming face to face with Jesus it would be the uh, final coming or advent or if, when we pass from this life and would be in the presence of Jesus uh, so uh, you know I I see it when the perfect comes it's it's Jesus it's not as cessationist uh, claim that when the, the the Bible was canonized and complete um, so let me see. Um, uh, yeah, that's, that would be the perfect. It's the fullness and completeness that will appear with Jesus because he is perfect and he is the one who makes perfect. All right. Um, so he mentions being when he was a, a child, that childhood is imperfect and it's incom incomplete because the mind and the body are designed to strive for maturity. And then he goes into that the mirror thing, and then face-to-face, uh, -face, um, God's um, immediate presence, you know, where he is not hidden by our limitations presently, then that we will know fully, perfecting our knowledge in God, in everything, in God's presence, that the believer will not simply know about God, but will have direct um uh, personal experience in his actual full glory and then it would be fully known that that fully known is God is all-knowing and already knows us fully so uh, but then faith hope and love is the relationship of of those three qualities in the believers life is a frequent theme in Paul's letter it's a summary of Christians virtues um, the greatest um, things, all right? Faith and hope are by nature imperfect because they mature into knowledge. And then when the, the thing believed in or hoped for is reached, um, that's when, when it matures more into knowledge. So love, love does not turn into something else, but when mature... It remains love. And so, uh, you know, faith, faith is never alone, but always has love and hope with it. So that's the gist of those 13 texts. The important thing is that to know that there is no spiritual measuring stick. There is no, <laughs> there is no way to gauge someone's uh, spirituality per se, but to see them maturing in faith and hope to come to knowledge and that love always remains love. Love can grow, but if we know, you can have gifts, you can have uh, knowledge, you can have all of these certain things, but without love, none of it matters because, and here's the thing, our love doesn't come from us. 
producing love in our lives is a manifestation of the Holy Spirit in us and us being placed in Jesus. We are in Christ. That love is a, a, a produced by the Spirit. It's produced by maturing in the Word, by fully knowing um, our relationship with the Lord uh, the best that we can comprehend and to our best ability to interpret all of this and to walk in it, to love as Jesus has loved us. So in the, the surrounding context of this letter being to the church in Corinth that was completely unstructured and out of control, you know, people are showing up to the the feast, the love feast, communion, getting drunk, drinking all the wine, um, people who could afford food or uh, eating all the food and the, the poor and the hungry are, are showing up and have nothing. Um, they're still acting like the rest of the people in Corinth. They're still being self-centered. They're still being selfish and they're trying to outdo one another in the gifts by you know showing off and saying look what i can do and or i have more than one gift so uh and then they're totally confused too that it's one god one lord one spirit uh which in first corinthians 12 paul makes his case for monotheism instead of the polytheism which is these people thought they had different spirits because they, they were different gifts. And the more gifts they had, the more spirits that they had. So the the more spiritual they were and the more elite they were. Okay? So none of that stuff is a measuring stick. It doesn't matter who's operating and what gifts. Spiritual gifts or the other gifts that are listed in Scripture like uh, administration and, um, you know, so on. Uh, none of that stuff, like, and that's how... I want I try to level the playing field so to speak that there is no gauge on this thing it doesn't matter about the anointing or the gifting don't follow an anointing or a gifting from somebody else okay follow Jesus pursue all things and the like under the law of love um if you envy somebody for their gifting or the anointing that you think is on their life that's wrong uh you should not be doing that in in chasing these things and going after them then becomes idolatry and it's exactly what the corinthians had done in the structure that was was going was going on they were like out of all the churches here in the new testament in the first century they were probably the most endowed and blessed with the outpouring of gifts. And um, I've mentioned that before that Paul doesn't say stop. He's saying get a grasp on love. <laughs> love one another. The gospel makes us equal. We're all one and the same in the body. We do have, there are individual members that have different ways of operating. All right so they should all be done in love so it that anointing over there that gifting over there that you see and that you seek what is it it's the holy spirit guess what you received him when you repented one lord one faith one baptism 
<laughs> there's not the second work. You don't have to be falling on the floor to receive a baptism of the Holy Spirit. You receive the Holy Spirit when it happened um, at your repentance, and you have been reconciled and to to God, and now you're placed in Christ. He and you, you're seated in heavenly places. That is the most miraculous of all miraculous things to happen. That is the most supernatural of super th- uh, supernatural things to happen. So we love. If you have no actual spiritual gifts that are um, mentioned in 1 Corinthians 12, that's okay. It doesn't matter. You have the Holy Spirit. You're saved. You're redeemed. You're born again. You're in the ministry of reconciliation now because you have been reconciled and you have accepted that reconciliation. Um, so it should be done in love. It doesn't matter if you are a full-time preacher um, that is displaying apostolic type of sign gifts or if you're a blue-collar working person or a stay-at-home mom we're all equal in this and we all serve different functions and um, characteristics in Jesus because he is the head of the body so love is what is important not the gifts not the signs and wonders a lot of times signs and wonders don't even work for those who are unbelieving because the Jews sought signs and wonders and miraculous things and they still crucified the Messiah. Uh, Gentiles want knowledge. So, you know, um, we have to find a radical middle on the ground here of love. Love is the centerpiece because that is Christ crucified and resurrected for us and none of it is a measuring stick we should all be trying to dedicate ourselves to the apostles teachings and um and and love one another um and the strictest of love sometimes calls for correction and re rebu- uh, rebuking and um even you know, excommunication, as I've mentioned in the last Bible study. So, um, love, love is the centerpiece because Jesus is the centerpiece. He is the one who came to reconcile us all and to make us all equal. So, it's neither Jew uh, nor you know Greek or man or woman or child or black and white or blue. It doesn't matter. We're all equal. Stop gauging yourself and evaluating yourself um, to the person that seems to be more bold or risky because people say if your heart's not this way or that way or if you're not praying for people at Walmart every time that you go there, then you're not walking in your full potential. I say um poppycock to all that shenanigans I call a foul because um, (laughs) you're in Christ you're redeemed you're saved and um, well that's who you are God's will is is that you be redeemed so the whole like your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven what is that? It's not us bringing heaven to earth. It's it's being saved. 
It's God wills that no man shall perish and that we all be saved and be reconciled through his son who suffered and bled and died for us. That's the gospel. Um, so it's to be saved. <laughs> That's God's will. And when we're trying to go after certain things, what's the intention? What's the motive in the heart? What's it? What's that say? Right? It's not Jesus said it's not what comes or what goes in a person's mouth, but what comes out a person's uh, mouth that defiles him. So, um, you know, that's my encouragement on that. And that's my take on it is that be who you are in Christ. All right. Don't worry if you, you know, if you don't have a God sized dream or if you think you don't know your destiny or the purpose in which you were created, all of those things are summed up in the gospel. They're summed up in the Lord's prayer that his will be done on earth as it is in heaven, that you be saved, that you be redeemed and born again as a child of God. That's, that's the whole of it. That's, that's the gospel. So, and that should produce the gift of the gift or fruit, not the gift, the fruit of the spirit in you, in your life. And when those things are missing, it's not that you try and strive to make those things be produced it's that that's part of the renewing and the transformation that takes place in our minds by being convicted of righteousness and dropping those things out of our lives and then those the you know patience or long suffering all these things start to um, come in those areas of our life and are manifested in the way we act and we react in our daily life All right, there you guys go. Uh, drive through Bible study on 1 Corinthians 13 and a little bit of a rant there at the end. Stop the new legalism. Don't have the gospel be burdensome because the yoke of Jesus is light. Any questions, comments, disagreements, get on the Facebook group and discuss or send an email at the Kingdom Project Podcast at gmail.com and check us out on Patreon as well. As always, be a mustard seed, be leaven, and thank you for listening.